Y'all should have heard the lady talk. Did you hear the yes. lady talk? She yes. she has a much more pleasant voice than the robot that talks on Berenstain Bears on the job. The magic wand <laughs> speaking. Texas readers. Zoom lady. Zoom ladies had a lot of practice in the last two years to perfect her, perfect her soothing voice. <laughs> speaking of pleasant voices, I I kind of like the fact that your voice has a little bit of a, an edge to it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what the listeners of a Berenstain Bears podcast have been waiting for. A little bit of an edge. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez. My voice isn't quite up to uh, the the volume and enthusiasm I tend to bring to the show, but please understand that if I could be yelling right now, I would be, because uh, we have a very exciting follow-up to last week's episode, and what makes it so exciting is that not only did I get answers to the big question I ended the episode with, uh, but it gave me a great excuse to bring back two of our favorite guests. Uh, They've been on more episodes than you can possibly begin to imagine (laughs) at this point, Uh, but what do you expect from a podcast that has been going now for almost six years? Oh my goodness. Six years in March it will be. So wow. let's uh, let's get out the the holiday crackers for that one, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome back to the show to to join us in the answering of the question and to to investigate the secret origins of last week's book. Uh, Brad Mariska and Jeremy Gloff, the two collectors. Welcome back, guys. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to see both of your shining faces. It's a pleasure to be here. So last week I covered a. a a living, a, a little, a little known living lights book. Uh, Zonder kids uh, step into one of their like quick, easy reader books. Uh, the Berenstain Bears, uh, the trouble with secrets. And as I as I read it and as I covered it, I was like, this whole book looks like a Cub Club book. Like the 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 art style looked like old. Uh, the storyline looked old and it read like one of those books that Mike kind of had to shoehorn a bunch of just general god language into to to have something for Zondervan and it bothered me so much I wrote to you two and I said is there a cub club book that I missed was there a cub club book with this plot that I just totally forgot about and you guys brought a book to my attention and what is that book yeah that's the Berenstain Bears and the Secret Clubhouse from the Color Forms uh, books series, which we have not discussed uh, specifically on, or you have not, at least on your podcast, I don't believe. And that series came out in 1994, if I'm not mistaken. Jeremy, is that correct? Yeah. And let me just add, when Phil and Brad are having this conversation, I was down feverishly looking through all my books. <laughs> being like, it, it can't be the Secret Clubhouse of all... All these things. Now, of course, sure enough, it was. But another telling thing was the copyrights. Wasn't one 2010 and then the other one 1992? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was uh, a copyright 1992 and 2010 or 11. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, well, it wouldn't have a 92 copyright date if it had never been at least like intended to be brought out to the store. Like it had to have gone through that process. 
And I will say I had a mild panic because when you brought 1992 to my attention, uh, I knew, of course, that that was like when the Cub Club books were coming out. And as I looked at the cover, I was like, you're right. This definitely looks like a Cub Club book. And then I thought to myself, wait a minute, has... Is there a book missing from my collection? Is it possible that in all these years of like doing our list, we just overlooked this book? Um, but it honestly, uh, really could happen. Like it, it, it could happen. It, it absolutely could because we like basically have invented this list based on you know only our own research. So and every year we find little little mistakes or tweaks or errors or whatever or or sort of an ephemeral object that we add to the list. But um, the story is even greater than that. Right. So you guys brought this Color Forms book to my attention. And we it has been briefly mentioned on the show before. When we did our... Uh, I had you guys on for the rundown of the top 20, was it? Most unusual <laughs> Berenstain Bears books? Yep. It was number five, I believe. Number five? Yeah. And, uh, and so we'll discuss... I want to discuss that specific book in a bit, and as well as the other Color Forms books, because apparently I skipped right over a treasure trove. Uh, but uh, after talking to both of you, I sent out an email to Mike. Uh, I don't like to bother him often, but this was eating at me so much. It was bothering me so much. I actually talked about it at dinner with my family. I was like, there is this, I just, I can't get over it. There's this book and it just, it fits the Cub Club so perfectly. So uh, so I shot Mike an email and, uh, and I asked him, I said, you know, there's this book, Trouble with Secrets. I told him about the copyright date. I said, I'm used to this with books that started as Cub Club books and were later reworked for the Zonder Kids line, but I can't find the Cub Club book. I mentioned the Color Forms book. I said it has the same plot, but different illustrations and was from 94. And I said, was there originally a Cub Club book planned for this story? Or am I just as barking up the wrong tree? And he wrote back, like, the next day, uh, which which surprises me because, as you mentioned, he didn't write back a one or two-line response. He pulled the ultimate mic, which is he gave us a chapter of the Berenstain Bears history. I just love that, by the way, when you said, hey, do you want to hear the whole story? I and, know. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then you, you, you dropped it into Messenger, and I just started scrolling, and I thought, this is awesome it is so cool it's so cool whenever i get an, an email back from mike i'm always like terrified i'm always afraid that he's going to be like this was the last straw you've <laughs> you've wasted my time for the last time with your inane questions be gone with you i don't know why because he is one of the nicest people i've ever corresponded oh, with so nice and he loves talking about the Berenstain Bears, but I'm always afraid that like I I I I've overstepped my my bounds. I become too familiar with him. Whatever he he said, you have correctly deduced the history of the trouble with secrets, which began life as the Cub Club's deep dark secrets, but was never released. This has resulted in another trip down memory lane for me, mm -hmm. and I love triggering Mike's like. Got to talk about the industry. Got to talk about the history of the Bears books. Like, this is stuff that we could never have known. And and there would there was no, because, you know, Stan and Jan wrote an autobiography, but it wasn't super in-depth because it was aimed more at an autobiography that uh, parents could read with or to their kids. Yeah. There's been a few biographies about Stan and Jan, but the same thing, they're intended for children. Um, so this history about, like, unpublished books... 
yeah. is will be lost um, save for what you you are, are are salvaging through your podcast. The, the closest I can think of to this is uh is the I can read it all by myself book that came out uh what last year by Paul oh, Allen yeah. uh where he goes book by book through the through the the beginner books and gives you like a really in-depth history on each title uh a uh, very a very well researched book amazingly well researched but you can't to do that with hundreds of children's books in the Berenstain Bears books would be an like it would it would be a book that sold to one person or like one library. It would be multi volumes. It would just be an, an incredible amount of work. So it's amazing to me that Mike was like, "All right, here's a little behind the scenes, uh, a little behind the scenes story." So what he t- tells me, and this is long. Like he he wrote this is multiple paragraphs. The long and short of it is that there were at least two titles in the series besides Deep Dark Secret, which went unpublished, and those were. The Berenstain Bears Big Snow Day and the Berenstain Bears in Big Bear City, which were written, illustrated, and prepared for publication. That includes copyright uh, for Cub Club, but were never put into production. Um, he says that he can't really remember all the ins and outs of, of it, but he thought that Western was going through financial troubles. Uh, so they changed ownership and management until they were absorbed by Random House. Cub Club was successful, but the direct marketing division of Western was struggling. It was sold off to Reader's Digest to raise working capital to try to support the rest of the company. And so at that point, the three books in question, and he says, and perhaps one more question mark, so (laughs) had not yet been released, and they fell between the cracks. Reader's Digest went ahead and published the series as is without getting involved in printing the additional unreleased titles. And he says, Reader's Digest was also on the cusp of entering a downward spiral, which resulted in bankruptcy, sale, and severe contraction. They released the Cub Club in new editions, trying to market it through sweepstakes promotions, as they did with adult series, but which the Berenstains took a dim view of because that smacked of selling to children through a form of gambling, which I'm like, yeah, like that's <laughs> that is kind of strange. <laughs> Uh, but they had little experience with children's books, weren't able to penetrate that market successfully. And when they didn't meet the Berenstain's contractual sales guarantees, uh, they recovered the rights to all their books, published and unpublished. And that's why they've been able to repurpose them over the years, either in new versions for Random House and HarperCollins or in adaptations for Zondervan. And he says, you may notice that the Cub Club books are in two noticeably different formats. The Western series, which used the matte finished covers and pages, while the Reader's Digest series used glossy finish covers and pages. So that's the first paragraph of his explanation. But wait, there's more. (laughs) He says, you and others may wonder why I agreed to the admittedly sometimes contrived adaptations of Cub Club books to Zondervan's religiously themed program. And all he can say, and I love this, he inherited a strong strain of thriftiness from his mother. She was, he says, she was Scotch on her father's side. (laughs) <laughs> which we'll get into the we'll get into scotch stereotypes leading all the way to the creation of scrooge mcduck uh for 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 the walt disney company in any case he says i didn't like to see all these perfectly good books going to waste a lot of time and effort had gone into creating them zondervan wanted them and no one else did so zondervan got them and I love that reframing of people being like why do they just re-? like even i've been like why just rewrite these for for Zondervan like why why do that and I like how Mike's just like because that it exists and it's usable and no one else is ever going to get to see it again if we don't do something with it like 
it's also just a really interesting um, insight because you think sometimes of, you know, uh, whether it's literature or whether it's children's books, uh, like we like to think of it as being a very, you know, artistic pursuit. Um, and this is just like the most practical uh, implementation of it. Hey, we've got these books, they're out of print. Let's get them back into print. But I'm going to rephrase things a little bit and, and touch up the illustrations. But basically, we're just going to like, for all practical purposes, just try and get them back out there again. Um, and, and by his own admission, he's like, yeah, they're not that great, but like no one else wanted them. So yeah. there you go. You get what you get. <laughs> he, uh, he, he then goes on to talk about the fact that they have all the original art for the Deep Dark Secret and for the Big Snow Day. They don't have the original art for Big Bear City. They only have the layouts. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't know what happened to that art. Uh, he wants to do a new version of Big Snow Day. They haven't bitten. Um, he says, publishers are reluctant to put out seasonally themed books that aren't directly related to a holiday or another recognized buying season. They're concerned they won't be saleable at other times of the year, but won't benefit from a close tie-in to a specific seasonal marketing theme, uh, with Winter Wonderland being an exception. Uh, but that's because it was designed to benefit from the connection to the song, Walking into Winter Wonderland. <clears throat> so they had at least that boost for the tie-in. I love that insight. Like, it's just hard to sell the book about the snow. Like, publishers don't want a book about snow. And, and looking at the cover, that looks like an intriguing book. Like, I'm very intrigued by yeah. this book and i almost wish he'd repurpose it as like the big snow day after christmas like give it give it a little bit of a holiday spin so we can get that book and sell it which leads me to the really cool part of this of this email which is that mike sent along photographs that he took of the covers to deep dark secret uh what what shows in this as not big snow day but the berenstain bears and the really big snow mm -hmm. And uh, the Berenstain Bears in Big Bear City, as well as uh, an unproduced uh, Baby Bears book, which he says was canceled because the series bombed so badly. And then he says, doing the series was my idea. Well, you can't win them all. <laughs> Jeremy and I have definitely discussed this before. Those Baby Bear books are terrible. And you know what? I am <laughs> going to be the guy who goes down on record as saying, I enjoy the Baby Bear books. <laughs> Oh man, you're wrong. I like the you're bear. just wrong. I think they have a really wry sense of humor about them. I think they're pretty. I think they are. I think the baby bear books are secretly hilarious. I think they were written from a super dry and snarky point of view. That if you read them being like, wait, this is almost a parody of a little baby book. They read a lot funnier. And I think the picture that he sent along of the, of the mama bear getting food blown all over her face by the baby bear <laughs> of strained beats dripping from her face is probably a good example of that kind of sense of humor. That, it's that it's that it's all in the family style sense of humor. Yeah, that's that's true. But they're still terrible. <laughs> what series did we revisit and we we're like, oh my God, these are actually good. Was it like the pop-up books? Oh, maybe. Because maybe we need to revisit these and re rediscover them for the art that they are. Well, the deep darks. Oh, no, 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 we don't need to. <laughs> they're terrible. Well, the deep dark secret, the original cover is pretty much the cover to uh, Trouble with Friends. Uh, though, as, as I, 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 was it one of you guys who said it's not really that deep or dark of a secret? Brad said that, yeah. Yeah. Club, yeah. Well, it's just they, they have a secret clubhouse in the woods, and 
uh, it gets found out. But it's not like, when I think of a deep, dark secret, that's like some knowledge that you have that you keep that you're ashamed of or that you're embarrassed by or that if, if people find out it could hurt them. This is just like, oh, we have a secret clubhouse in the woods. Oh, they found right. us. Okay, we'll share it with friends. That's not a deep, dark secret. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah, it's just not telling your friends about your clubhouse. It's yeah, it's just it's just deceptive. It's just it's being sneaky. It's not a deep dark secret. Now the really big snow is adorable. Oh, I loved it. Yes. I wish I wish I could see more pictures. Yeah, the cover of the really big snow is the bears. They've built a, a snow person and sister is putting the top hat on the head and brother is pulling a sled and it's just a really cute it's really a nicely drawn picture. Yeah, like, I thought so too. Yeah, that's a really good one. Uh, and then uh, Big Bear City is the bears all looking up at a skyscraper that says Big Bear City at the top. And of course, there was the book, I think, was it 1994, 96, when the Big Bear City board book mm -hmm. uh, did, came yep, yeah. out. So I, I wonder if that was based on this. Right. Um, that's why I'd be curious to see some of those other um, sketches or drawings or outlines. Yeah, I mean, like we said, unfortunately, he doesn't have big bear city anymore like they don't have any of the oh that's they don't right have, yeah. yeah it was yeah it was the the a lift and a lift and peak board book yes that's yeah. what it was yep lift and yep so it was sort of a a board book but also like uh lift and peak yeah um, was yeah. it value added it was value added <laughs> <laughs> value added. It, was, it was also yes. episode 289 of this show um <laughs> I, 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 if you, if you're interested in finding that from March of uh, last year, we do a top ten list of value added books. <laughs> oh come on, it's the Berenstain Bears. Every book is value added. Okay, <laughs> except the Baby Bear I books. Baby I'm Bear going books. to die on this hill. I love I'm going to reread them tonight. I'm going to reread them tonight and give my consensus. Mike, if you want to send Great. me the full text of the Baby Bear book, I will do an episode about the unreleased one on my show, and I will give it a glowing review. And I will be the Siskel to your Ebert and uh, give the opposite viewpoint. Aww. And I'll be Switzerland, <laughs> like somewhere in the middle, like, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he also sent, uh, he also sent the, uh, like the, the, it's like the, the production checklist that was attached to the front of, uh, of the really big snow. That it's just kind of cool to see, like it went through all the checkpoints, bing, 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 like it was ready to go uh, from the uh, art department, the art designer, art director, the editors, the copy editors, the production, the publisher, like these books were prepped and ready and then everything fell apart. He needs to just put a Santa hat on that snowman and then call it right. and get, get that out there. <laughs> so yeah, just change the title to the Christmas snow. Christmas snow day. Yeah. Yeah. Change it to the Berenstain Bears in Big Christmas City. <laughs> that's that's all you need. Um. So yeah. So that was it, it. Was just delightful to get a huge rundown from Mike, and then we were like, let's just finally talk about this color forms book that I've never held in my hands, and let's just talk about what these color forms books are. Now that we're on the subject, the color forms books are very short, very simple. Um. And when I say short and simple, I'm talking like eight uh, or six six page books with plus the cover. So they're really straightforward. But as many um, parents or kids know, like color forms are really cool. The little sticky, but not too sticky stickers. 
um, that you can move and place. And um, I don't know the technology behind color forms, but I didn't have a lot of color form books when I was a kid. I just had a couple, and I just thought they were the coolest thing ever. And if we start with the Secret Clubhouse one, um, I have to say, I don't know about you, Jeremy, but this was the one, it took me forever. It took me years to find it. I think your original list had the other two books and I found this one randomly on eBay. I'm like, look at, there's a third one. So this is one that neither of us knew about that kind of emerged. That's exactly right. I do remember that now. You're right. We only knew about one. And the one I think that was very, they must've made more of it than others for a while. Um, messy, messy room uh, was really easy to yeah. find. Um, so for anybody who's listening, there are three titles in this series. Messy, Messy Room, which is based on Messy oh, Room it? from the first mm-hmm. time. Yep. Um, and then there's Secret Clubhouse, which we know now, now know is based on the Cub Club book that was never published. And then Berenstain Bears and their Forest Friends. And do these books have, like, so they have rough plots. Yeah. Jeremy, do you want to, like, walk through, like, the plot of like say forest friends. In fact, you could probably read the whole text. It would take like 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, really? Like four pages of yeah. text. Yeah. So before we do that, uh, just for the collector's purposes, the thing I really liked about these is they are the same size as the first time books. Oh yeah. They would fit right on your shelf right next to the first time books and fit right in there, but they're printed on a very glossy stock. So, you know, I guess that's part of the color form sticking to them, but I just love the feel of these books. I've always loved this series. So let me read the riveting long text of Forest Friends. <laughs> Come, said Papa Bear. We shall walk through the forest and visit our animal friends. We have lots of animal friends. Many of them live in the ground, on the ground. Papa was right. Many of them were looking out of their hidey hole homes. Flip the page. Hidey hole homes. Yeah. Hidey hole. Mm-hmm. I love Say it. Say that five times fast. Um, Let's not forget our pond friends, said Papa. Papa was right. Their pond friends made the forest a very friendly place. And as um, you go through, obviously, the, the, in a color forms book, like the illustrations in the book are very simple, leaving room. So as they're walking through the forest and they say, look at all of our forest friends, if you don't have any color forms, there really aren't any forest <laughs> friends. It's your responsibility as the reader to place the color forms on the to, appropriate To add page. the value to every page. <laughs> value value added. added by the child. So the final paragraph, look up, said Papa, and you will see our tree friends. Once more, Papa was right. The treetops were alive with creatures, great and small. Papa wasn't always right. But he was right about one thing. <laughs> they had lots and lots and lots and lots of forest friends. The end. Aww. Do you not love it? Like, you gotta it's love true, it. though. It's true. They do have lots and lots and lots and lots of forest friends. I So my three books all still have the original sheets um, that the color forms came on. So it's it's pretty cool to see that like forest friends, I believe, of the three had the most color forms. There's over Again. 30 of them, which is super cool. And uh, they're mostly still intact. Now, what makes, what makes these my first color forms? Like... Color forms weren't a difficult technology for a child to grasp. No, the my first is is the reading level. Uh, well, but color forms didn't even usually have a reading level. <laughs> they were usually just pictures. I, I don't Are know. there color forms books for advanced readers? There must be, because otherwise they wouldn't call it my first color forms. Is it like book. college level color forms literature? Like Anna well, Karenina not, and like 
750-page oh <laughs> Color Forms book. I can read Cub Color Forms Club. Yeah. The big chapter color forms books? No? Okay. I would buy a big chapter color forms. I just want color forms of the big chapter book characters. There are great characters, yeah. yeah. So what makes the color form... What is the color forms version of the Deep Dark Secret? What is the color forms version of The Trouble with Friends? Like, what's what happens in that? So the color forms version of uh, Secret Clubhouse, mm-hmm. as it is called... Which gives away the ending. Yeah. Really simple. It's simply, brother and sister bear were tiptoeing through the forest. Their animal friends wondered where they were going, Ah. but brother and sister didn't say. They were going to a secret place. Mm -hmm. Their secret place was a clubhouse they had found. Now, can we talk about this clubhouse? Okay, I know uh, if you're listening to the podcast right now, you you, you can't see what I'm showing um, on on this Zoom call, but this clubhouse has shingles (laughs) and a chimney and a tower? I mean, this is It's also like, not the uh, clubhouse from the the Cub Club version or the original clubhouse from the storybook. That's very different. That's not the Drawbridge Clubhouse. I love that there's it's cans not. of paint like right in front, like the paint's still wet. Right. Yep. The secret place was a clubhouse they had found. Oh. It stood on Berry Island, which was right in the middle of Frog Pond. It was a falling down wreck when they found it, but they had fixed it up. Now it was lovely and their very own secret place. What's this? Cousin Fred, Lizzie Bruin, and Queenie McBear and others had followed them. Their secret clubhouse was no longer secret. But it was okay. Secrets are fun, but it's more fun to share. The end. Wow, they brought in a bunch of uh, classic characters. Look at that. Yeah. So Lizzie, Freddy, Queenie, and who? And others. Cool Carl King then. I guess it was deep, dark in the middle of the woods. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Why did the why did the forest friends in the woods not know what they were up to in the first place? Like, why weren't they following brother and sister as they were repairing this? I'm poking holes in this first time color forms book. Well, <laughs> who lived in this house before they found it? Who's the transient <laughs> bear in the woods? Is it one of the Bog brothers? I thought at the end, like. One of the Bog brothers is going to like burst out of like a closet and be like, get out of my house. <laughs> That's what would have happened. That's what would have happened in a, in, a, in a Bear Scouts chapter book. Well, I think in my opinion, the best one is Messy, Messy Room, which is just a shorter, simpler retelling of Messy Room. Because what's cool about it is that all of the color forms are, of course, their toys mm. and dolls. So like... On the first couple pages, you can put the color forms anywhere and really you get to like make a mess of the house. But then on the final page, if you put your color forms in the right place, you you get to create like a perfectly organized, beautiful uh, Cubs room with all of the toys and games and dolls in the right place. So I think this is the most satisfying yeah. one and the one that actually uses the color forms most effectively yeah, for, the, for, for the listeners like they have papa bear's pegboard and you can hang the stuff that belongs on the pegboard there it has the shelves where you can put the toys in the yeah it's really uh, a, a neat idea it's a shame the other ones didn't have the utility of purpose that 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 one seems to have uh, maybe we'd have mm-hmm. more color forms books if that had been the case. Yeah, like what other Berenstain Bears books would would make good color forms books I don't that know. you can tell in three pages? Right. Uh-huh. Too much junk food, perhaps. Ooh, too much, too much junk, junk food. Because you need to get a 
you to get that body, the see-through bear body with like mm-hmm. all the different layers. You just peel away. Maybe uh, I don't know anything with Ralph Ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> the big question: <laughs> <laughs> the birds yeah. and the bees and the Berenstain Bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, were there any? Uh, so this, this, but this color form series did. Uh, do you know what other like book series? had color forms books made of them like were there other franchises that used this this format yeah there were a series of disney ones uh, like based on disney films mm-hmm. um there was like there were like barney ones so basically anything that was popular in the 1990s um if you just like google my first color time books like you'll see like the beauty and the beast and the lion king and the pocahontas one and you'll see mm. some barney ones and um, things like that. So ooh, it was Power def- Rangers. Ooh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you sounded sarcastic when you said that, Brad. Yeah, I was never into Power Rangers, but they were <laughs> definitely like kind of popular in the '90s. So yeah, that makes sense. That's uh, the whole thing is just is just fascinating, and I and I am I feel a little cowed for having uh, skipped them as as vital parts of the of the Berenstain Bears uh, mythology and the chain of story. Um, and it is amazing to me just how these stories kick around. And if they're not used, then by gum, they're going to use them in one format or another. And I do like how the room went from messy to messy, messy. Like it, in those in those 10 years, oh, right. it got worse. Yeah, you should make sure you say on your list, uh, do not confuse messy, messy room with messy room. Oh, yeah, that's definitely mentioned um, yeah. you know, on, on the list, not to be confused with. Yeah. There Now there needs to be a VR game that's called the messy, messy, messy oh. room, where you can actually step into the room <laughs> and get yelled at by Mama Bear, which I'm sure someone would like. I'm sure that's someone's, someone's dream. There's a market. There's a market. <laughs> Mike, are you listening? There's a market for uh, for custom getting yelled at by Mama Bear sessions. Which reminds me of what you were talking about earlier about um, how there really would be no market for if if somebody like did a deep dive and wrote a book about um, you know the lost material or the unpublished <laughs> books because that is exactly what I did for um, my master's thesis. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote um, a thesis about sort of like the forgotten musicals of Rodgers and Hammerstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's true. I, that... have, I have read this master's no. thesis. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Um, you sent it to me. Of course I read it. Oh, well, thank you. So, you know, like they have these two big flop shows that no one ever talks about and that they, the Rodgers and Hammerstein organization won't let anybody produce, Me and Juliet and Pipe Dream. And of course, what you come to realize after time is that a there's a, a reason that they were like forgotten to time but also sadly um the the amount of people that actually care about these commercially unsuccessful pieces of theater much like a, a book that was never actually published um the audience is just so limited and i think it's so interesting because i think you can learn so much about mm-hmm. Um, an artist by studying the things that didn't work or yeah. the things that never mm-hmm. did make it to market. And um, I think that we're not telling the whole story of, say, Rodgers and Hammerstein unless we study their failures. And certainly, <clears throat> I think a true history of the Berenstain Bears um, is not complete unless we uh, find out which books were written and for whatever reason 
were not actually released to the marketplace. I do appreciate Mike pulling up the veil a little bit on the publishing industry and the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Because mm-hmm. I I think it's interesting and I don't think there's really a reason to hide it, you know? I think it's history. Right. It's history and it needs to be known. Definitely. And uh, as far as like exploring the the unpublished works of a, of an artist or the, you know, the forgotten works, those sort of, or the, the interest, like, between major works, you an artist might have the like the sort of minor stuff. You know, for a for a recording artist, it might be like an independent album that they put out, an experimental piece they wrote, uh, or like you know, for years you had the Beatles albums and you had the Beatles singles, and if you only bought the albums, you didn't hear most of their famous music, which was only released right. as singles until they compiled it into collections. Uh, and it's yeah, it's those little it's the it's the ephemera that kind of ties everything together that makes you go, oh, that's how they got from this point to this point. That's why this 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 wasn't a leap artistically. It was a process. We just don't always get to see the steps in between. And speaking of the Beatles, how people are now fascinated by this documentary that has come out, which is nothing more than just like footage that was recorded in a recording studio that you know, almost got forgotten about or thrown away. And like, I'm sure for a long, long time, people thought, well, this is not worthwhile. Um, and, and, and millions of people are like losing their minds over it because it gives us an insight into like, um, yeah, anybody can listen to the final product or read the final product or look at a final product, but like to see the creative process. And that's what's so cool when, when we see this production art for books that were never released. It gives us insight into who created it and how it was done, and I love that. Yeah, me too. So are you saying that I need to be the Peter Jackson and produce the 10-hour Stan and Jan Berenstain documentary to be released on Disney Plus? I I would watch that. Well, I'm a little offended, Phil, because you said there'd only be one copy sold, and there'd definitely be two copies sold. <laughs> <laughs> two. And I guess Absolutely maybe the two. strong museum would want something in their archives. <laughs> so that's three solid sales right there. Right, right. That's 100% like guaranteed. For this like $1,500 book, it's going to come out. We'd buy it. We'd buy it. I'm go- and I'm going to give a, a shout out to one of our favorite collector friends, Gypsy. Oh, she would true. buy Gypsy it Gypsy would buy it. Yeah, there's people in the collector's group that would buy it. There's people in the collector's group that would buy it and then get really weird about it. So... Uh, and let me shout out another one. If, if he bought one of the two copies, he'd resell it to me for twice as much. <laughs> yes, yes, he would. He's a good business person. Hey, you, know? you gotta make like, you gotta make a profit off of it. I still have like ten things I need on my list. I'm like, oh, please don't let him find it first because I can't afford it. <laughs> and that collector's group, we love them. We love them. That collector's group's them. getting cutthroat. Everyone, that it is. Collector Screw is getting cut throat. There, are- it's gotten too big. I'm telling you, too many people know about it. Too many people like, like someone posts something good, and all of a sudden people are like swarming mm-hmm. on it. And and um, I mean, l- listen, I love to meet another Berenstein Bear collector, but you better not steal something out from under me because there's there's going to be payback. I know, and Brad's so nice. Like, there's something on there that he really needed. I got in the comments. I'm like, doesn't everyone know that Brad needs this? And <laughs> Brad came in. He's t- He's being like the night. It's like good cop, bad cop. Right, right. <laughs> you shouldn't even be buying this book. You know, Brad needs it. <laughs> Look, all I do is I show up every once in a while and make a snarky comment and then I leave. <laughs> I will say one final thing about the group. Originally, like in the first many years, I'm like, I would never tell anybody my list because I don't want to fight with people. I don't want them looking for the things I need. 
now I almost feel like I want to tell my list because hands off if these things show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just nice to know that there's people out there who are as enthusiastic as you are about this incredibly niche subject. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but that is it. That is that is the origins and weird backstory and uh, uh, you know ongoing life of the Berenstain Bears deep dark secret. The Berenstain Bears in the secret clubhouse, and now the Berenstain Bears uh, the trouble with secrets. Um, I would I would just like to say for the record, if I had a secret clubhouse. You two would both Aww. be invited. I wouldn't keep it a secret. I wouldn't have to find you. out from our forest friends. No, you would not. not I appreciate that. Let me also say that I've had a few deep, dark secrets in my day, and they definitely were not a clubhouse. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not going to inquire yeah, any further. Of course not. Let's wrap <laughs> this is a so family show. Up the episode. <laughs> Let's wrap up the episode. Let's wrap up this episode. Um, Moving on to snow day. Wow. <laughs> enough about enough about Jeremy's messy, messy <laughs> room and messy, messy, messy past. Speak, speaking <laughs> of Jeremy's messy, messy room, uh, where can I find the two of you guys if people want to know more about you? Uh, Facebook. And Brad, Brad's got like the hub of the Bernstein Bear Collector universe online. Yeah, but Jeremy, you also have many albums of original music. That is true. <laughs> so go to, okay, jeremygloff.com if you'd like to uh, explore my music. I would appreciate it. Yes, please do. I have a new video coming out tomorrow. I'm always pushing people towards BerensteinBearsCollectors.com and the list uh, has been updated, which not only includes... Uh, a full uh, bibliography of all uh, books published by the Berenstains, but also all of the upcoming books for 2022. Jeremy and I also recently started an Instagram page. Um, uh, so on Instagram, it's Vintage Berenstain Bears. And every few weeks, we just throw up uh, a photograph of an item from our collection and a little bit of um, backstory information. You can find this show at Vstain, uh, at BerenstainBearCast.org because it's an organization. You can uh, find it on Twitter <laughs> at VStainBearCast or on Facebook, uh, Deep in Bear Country, that's what it's called. Uh, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it and always enjoy uh, the chats. Yeah, it's, it's always a uh, life is hard in the era of COVID. It's always very heartwarming to meet up with you all. So thank you so much. It is. And uh, for everyone else out there, I'll see you all next time. Deep, deep in, in, in bear country. Bear country. Bye. Goodbye, guys. I'm going to go rest my voice. <laughs> <laughs>